Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Pleasure to be here with you. And of course, you could call in to show us live, so feel free to call in. The numbers are on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And last week, uh, we spoke about um, we spoke about this this uh, well part of the show we spent talking about a Netflix show. The roasting of Anne Frank, and that seemed to have hit a nerve amongst uh, some of our listeners who who emailed me. And I appreciate all the emails I got. I appreciate all the uh, all the communication. Uh, feedback is always good, and I love hearing what you have to say. And I thank you so much for uh, for for getting back for getting in touch with me concerning this and how outraged you were that this happened. Um, most people who contact me had no idea that uh, that Netflix had produced this show. Um, and uh, and and really, really, it's 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 revolting that Netflix would have done something like that. Um, it was a it was in a um, it was in a show called Historical Roasts, uh, where they roast historical people, and they have actors who dress up as these people, and then um, other actors who dress up as people involved in their lives. Uh, this particular one, um, the Anne Frank one, aired in two thousand nineteen, so it's, it was a little while ago, and. Uh, it actually starred the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The top seven people involved in the show were Jews, including the guy who played Hitler. It, it goes back to that whole concept that we talked about last week about you know people saying, I'm Jewish, so I'm allowed to do that. No, you're not. Uh, Jeff Ross, who is the... Um, who is the mastermind behind this show, uh, who's the guy who wrote the show and the guy who starred in the show, uh, he defended himself. He he spent over an hour and a half in a podcast defending himself after that show aired because there was so much outrage. Uh, and he said, well, what's the difference? He says, we did a, um, we did a show, uh, you know, making fun of Freddie Mercury. We, we did a show making fun of, uh, of Malcolm X. We did a show making fun of, uh, of all sorts of historical people, why is this one? Why was this one touched such nerve? Why is this one so bad? And he couldn't understand. He spent an hour and a half trying to understand it. And the guy who was on with him, I don't know who that guy was, but whoever his co-host was, couldn't understand it either. And at the end, he said, "Well, I guess Jews are just sensitive." Well, well, no, no, Jeff, you're an idiot. the um, The reason it was so bad is because we don't make fun of child holocaust victims well we should make fun of holocaust victims to start with but we don't make fun of child holocaust victims that's why it was bad jeff that's why people got upset that's why jeff and just because you're jewish doesn't give you a pass to do this it's 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 revolting and and it's not the only revolting thing out there it was a thing that caught that caused a lot of listeners ears uh, last week and um, and so I just want to touch on it a little bit now and just kind of explain it to those of you who didn't understand uh, when the show was was, was aired. Uh, I'm disgusted by it. I'm totally, totally disgusted by it. I've been I've been watching the news, reading newspapers, uh, looking at news sites. I've been um, I've been following the news and there has been very, very little news um, in, in the mainstream media regarding the current war in Israel. Now I, I I understand I understand completely that the media does not consider a conflict between the Jews of Israel and the Arabs as a um, as important newsworthy stuff. This has been happening for 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 years, so so they don't consider this newsworthy. Uh, what what bothers me in in this whole thing is that when when missiles are indiscriminately being fired into a civilian population. I don't care if it's a Jewish population, an Arab population, any population where, where missiles are being indiscriminately, so they're, they're not aiming at anything, there's no military target, they're just being indiscriminately launched into civilian populations to kill as many civilians as possible. And that's ignored. You're, you're basically saying those, those civilian lives mean nothing. 
uh, those civilian lives are worthless. We, we, we don't have to worry about those civilians. Uh, they're, they're worthless. It's not a war crime or anything. Of course it's a war crime. And when the media stays quiet and the country stay quiet and the UN stays quiet, one only has to come to the conclusion, as I said last week, that this is, be- this is only because it's Jews. If, if you were launching missiles into Texas, I guarantee it would be world news. If you were launching missiles into Spain, it would be world news. Launch missiles into Israel, nobody cares. It's, it's a sad statement, but it's true. And, and this is why it is important for Israel to be strong and to stand strong and to defend herself in any way she has to, regardless of what world opinion says. I don't understand why Israel's been tolerating this situation for so many years, for, 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 for over a decade. I don't understand why this has been tolerated, why Israel hasn't just gone and taken care of the problem. Israel is the strongest military might in the region, and Gaza could have been taken care of. The problem in Gaza could have been taken care of in, in, in five minutes. They could deal with Gaza. But Israel chooses not to and chooses to put their civilians in danger to hold some moral, higher moral ground? I understand the moral ground. I understand the morality behind what Israel does. But but there comes a time where a government is responsible for protecting their citizens. And if somebody's continuously attacking your citizens, there comes a time where a government has to say, enough is enough. We're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to deal with this anymore. If the world doesn't want to get involved and nobody wants to talk, to, nobody wants to deal with this, then we have to deal with it. In any way, we have to deal with it and just do what you have to do and solve the problem. But Israel's refrained from doing that. And it's because of a weakness that Israel has. And that weakness is survivor's guilt. Really, that's, uh, that's what it comes down to. And, and, and this, this theory, I, I've forwarded the theory before in the show, and I'll continue forwarding it because I believe that that is the core of what's going on in Israel. Why Israel allows their civilians to constantly be targeted, constantly being attacked, Terror attacks, murders, uh, missiles flying in, people driving their cars into people. Uh, you name it, it's happening to people in Israel. People in Israel uh, are in constant danger. And why? Because the government refuses to deal with the problem because they have, they have a, uh, a survivor's guilt. Let me, let me explain. I, I think it's important that we understand what survivor's guilt is and why Israel suffers from this. So, Israel was founded just after the Holocaust. In fact, most of the people who fought in the war uh, to, to, of, of independence for Israel were, were Holocaust survivors. And so, so when, when Israel was founded, and, and they were immediately attacked by all the countries surrounding them, and they fought them off with their pitchforks and their rifles, and miraculously won a war of, uh, war of independence, and were able to create a state, they could have dealt with the Arab problem right there and then. They knew what the problem was. There weren't very many people living within the borders of where Israel had had declared a state. There weren't very many Arabs. Most of them had fled. And Israel could have dealt with the problem then. But the people who founded Israel didn't want to be seen as Nazis. And they knew that world opinion would say that, that the Israelis are like Nazis. They're throwing people out. They're expelling people. They just came from being expelled from Europe. And now they're doing the same thing in the Middle East. And they didn't want that comparison. And so they chose not to deal with the problem. They chose to allow the problem to fester in their country. And so Israel still suffers from that same problem. They care about what the world thinks about them. And that is the biggest weakness of any country. Instead of caring about protecting your citizenship, instead of caring about dealing with a terrorist problem, dealing with a, with a missile problem, dealing with a, a constant attack, declaration of war. You're worried about what the world thinks about you. You're worried. You're worried that America might not give you a billion dollars in loan guarantees. You're worried that, uh, that, that, that France might not sell you the rockets that you want. Israel should stop worrying. Remember years ago, uh, years ago, the Israeli government was very clear in saying that Israel's not dependent on anybody anymore. They don't need the loan guarantees. They don't need the rockets. They're very capable of, uh, of producing their own military equipment. They're very capable of defending themselves and taking care of themselves and raising the money they need. So they don't need foreign help anymore. 
So if that is the case, where Israel doesn't need foreign help anymore, what's the problem? Do you think for a second, does anybody think for a second, that if Israel went and, and wiped out the problem in Gaza and dealt with it permanently, that the world would stay mad at Israel for very long? Do you think there are very many people in the world who actually like Hamas? If Israel went in and wiped out Hamas, do you think that anybody would really care? Sure, they would scream and yell, look at the Jews killing people, just like the Nazis. They'd make those comparisons, but who cares? Who cares? Is it saving lives? If it's saving Jewish lives, then who cares? Why, why do we have to cower to world opinion and allow our citizenship to get killed and allow our, our, our infrastructure to be destroyed and allow people to be living in, in bomb shelters for years and years and years when we have the technology to take care of it now? It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. The governments are failing their people. And maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's good that the government keeps falling and that there's, there's elections every three months. Maybe that's a good thing for, uh, for Israel. Maybe one of these governments will come into power and say, hey, listen, we're not putting up with this garbage anymore. We're going to deal with it now. I, I know it's wishful dreaming. I, I, know, I know it's not going to happen. Because it's always this, it's just musical chairs, really. I'm Howie Subberger. This is Political Hitman. Feel free to call in. Numbers are on the top of the page on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back. Silverger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You can feel free to call in. Numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers are available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I, um, I, I strongly believe, and I've, I've been saying this for years, that the majority of Arabs living within the borders of Israel proper and the and the borders of the of the of the areas that uh, that 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 border Israel want to live in peace. I've been saying this for years. I believe that every human wants to live in peace. They want to wake up in the morning. They want to have their coffee. They want to go out and do their day and go to get home and be with their family. That that's, that's human nature. And, and assuming that these people are human, uh, I, would, uh, I would say that most humans want, want, want that kind of life. They, they don't want to worry about being blown up. They don't want to be worried about being shot. They don't want to worry about soldiers walking down the street. And I know that Israelis don't want to be sending their kids to the army. They don't want to be spending trillions of dollars uh, in, 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 um, in army funding, in, in military funding. And they'd much prefer to be able to walk out of their house and not have to worry about if they turn right or turn left, um, if, if that'll be the last decision they ever make in their lives. This is, this is, these are two things that I'm 100% sure of, that, that human beings want to live in peace. Human beings don't want to live in war. Nobody wants missiles raining down on their heads. I also know that a government... Its main job, the first job a government has, is to protect its citizenship. That is the first job that a government has. In, in fact, in some cases, that's the only job a government has. Protect your citizens. Make sure they're safe. Now, when, when I say safe, that the economy runs properly, that they have transportation, and that, the, and that their borders are secure, and that there are, no, um, there are no existential threats that are going to destroy their population. These are the three things I mean when, when I say a government is responsible for making sure that people are safe. If a politician on, on either side is pushing towards, uh, towards continuing war, 
one has to wonder what is the motive behind that push. So we know that the motive behind the Arab push to destroy Israel, and this has been the motive from day one, and they've stated it over and over and over again, but everybody seems to be ignoring what they say, and everyone ignores what they say, and, and we constantly hear them say it out loud, loudly, banging their fists on the table, saying it over and over and over again, and nobody wants to listen to them, that this is not a land war, that land has nothing to do with this war, the war between the Arabs and the Jews in Israel is simply a religious war. It's a religious territorial war. That's what it is, period, on the Arab side. On the Jewish side, it's also a territorial war. Jews are the, uh, are, are the native people of the land, and we just want our homeland back. That's, that's it. We just want our homeland. We want to be able to live in the land of our ancestors. And, and as time goes on, more and more proof is, is dug up through the ground that this is the land of our ancestors. There could be nobody today, nobody in their right mind today could deny that, that, that Jews came from Israel. They came from that region. Nobody, nobody at all, anybody with a half a brain knows that the Jews are the, are, are the indigenous people of Israel. So the Arabs want the Jews out for religious reasons. Israel was part of a caliphate at one point. Anytime a, a, a piece of land is part of a caliphate, which is an Arab-run country, then nobody else is ever allowed to run that land, and nobody else is ever allowed to control that land. So the second the, Arab, the, second the Muslims take over a, a piece of land and create a, a country in that piece of land, nobody else is ever allowed to occupy that land, and anybody who occupies that land is occupying it for Muslim. It's Muslim holy land at that point. They're occupying for Muslims, and therefore it is the Muslims' duty to drive the people from the land and, and, and take the land back. So long ago, the Palestinian Liberation Organization was set up specifically for that point, to get the Jews out of the, out of the land. So, so they took an Egyptian named Yasser Arafat, and they, uh, uh, the Arab League took an Egyptian named Yasser Arafat, and created this 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 idea that 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 he was the leader of these of these of these fictional people called the Palestinians uh, who who never existed before before 1963 when the PLO was was created and, and Yasser Arafat was was great at media manipulator and he surrounded himself with really intelligent people who were able to manipulate the media as well as plan horrific terror attacks that murdered children men women and children blew up airplanes killed diplomats, uh, not only Israeli diplomats, American diplomats, French diplomats, uh, shot up airports, and committed all sorts of terrorism right around the world. They were able to do both, manipulate the media, and commit these horrific, horrific terror attacks, murdering people continuously. All in the name of, uh, of, of this fictional Palestine. And they were able to do this unscathed, unbothered by anybody. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say by anybody? I, I didn't mean that. Let, let me take that back because, because the Arabs in the neighborhood, the Arabs in the area, understood who the PLO was. They understood the PLO. So when the PLO went into Lebanon, they threw the PLO out of Lebanon. The Lebanese government said, no, 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 you're not running your terror organization from here. Get out. And, and they went to Jordan. And then Jordan shut down the country and killed most of the PLO people until they ran to Tunisia. So, so the Arabs understood that this was a fake movement, that these people didn't really exist. This was just a terror movement that was there to usurp Israel, to take this country and, and throw it upside down and get rid of this country, kill the leadership and destroy the country. That was the idea, break the morale of the Israeli people. And so the PLO, the PLO was relegated to, 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 to Tunisia. And yes, Arafat sat in Tunisia for years until Israel, Yitzhak Rabin brought him back to Israel to negotiate peace. It's an unbelievable situation. And now, now the PLO is still in charge of, uh, of the Arab areas, except for Gaza, because they lost a bloody civil war in Gaza and, and Hamas took over. After Hamas won the election and America forced Hamas into Gaza, American Israel forced Hamas into Gaza. And so now the problem in Gaza is an American-Israeli created problem. It's a problem created by America and Israel and the PLO to a certain extent. So since America and Israel created this problem, 
taking care of the problem, dealing with the problem, destroying the problem, which is what Israel should be doing. They should just wipe out the, the, the they should wipe out Hamas. One evening they could take care of all of Hamas. They should just wipe out Hamas. They're choosing not to do it. And, and there might be political reasons behind choosing not to do it. So, so let, let's look at the politics behind this, because it's important to understand both sides. So on one side, Israel is responsible for protecting their citizenship. And that's their ultimate responsibility. And, it's, it's, and if they say that, you know, that, that the Israeli army and the Israeli government works under the under moral banner of, uh, uh, of, of Judaism, and, 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 and we, we, we respect the, the moral the moral closet of Judaism of protecting human life and, 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 and preserving human life, it's, it's really a weird way of showing it by allowing tens of thousands of missiles to be launched into civilian populations and not doing anything to stop it. So, so it seems to be an odd way to show that you, that you, that you, love, that you love Judaism and that, you're, that you respect the, the concept of, of protecting Jewish lives. And of course, Israel will always point to, oh, well, we went to Jenin, we knocked on all the doors, and we went here and we sacrificed a soldier here and a soldier there, uh, knocking on people's doors. Okay, fine. Show and tell is over. 10,000 missiles have fallen to southern Israel, more than 10,000, hundreds of thousands of missiles have fallen to southern Israel for the last 15, 20 years, and they're still falling into southern Israel now. Uh, but the missiles are getting stronger, now they're going to central Israel. And, and you still haven't been able to stop those missile attacks. Or, or get rid of the leadership, or get rid of the organization altogether. So, so one has to wonder, is there a political reason behind not doing this? And of course, there's always a political reason behind everything. If Israel's not doing something, there's a good reason for them not to be doing it. So why is Israel not taking out Hamas? Well, think about this. Yeah. It popped into my head a little while back when I was thinking about this. And it's just a story that popped into my head, a story about Julius Caesar that popped into my head. And, and Julius Caesar, when he took over, uh, when he took over the region, he, he controlled the Jews, but he let them practice Judaism. Judaism was accepted under under Caesar's rule. And one day, one of Caesar's um, one of Caesar's big aides came to Caesar and said to him, "Hey." Uh, Julius, uh, I don't understand these Jews. I mean, they could be, they could, they could form a rebellion. There's enough Jews there to form a rebellion. They could take back their land, and uh, and and we we would be really, you know, the Roman Empire would really be in trouble if the Jews rose up and attacked the Roman Empire. We don't have enough soldiers to protect ourselves. And Caesar had a piece of insight that still stands still today. He turned to his 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 aide and he said to his aide, "Hey, listen," he says, "When we have a common enemy, when the Jews have a common enemy." They band together and they destroy the enemy. But when the Jews feel like they're living in peace, then they start fighting with each other and they destroy each other. They self-destruct. I'd rather have them self-destruct than become the enemy and have them attack me. What, what an amazing piece of insight. And it might just lead to, to kind of understanding why Israel's not taking out Gaza, why Israel didn't take out the PLO, why when they had the opportunity to assassinate Yasser Arafat, they chose not to do it. There, 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 there might be a, a, a seed of truth in Julius Caesar's comment. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman. We'll be back this afternoon. Political hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could call in. I want to talk to you. Call me. 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to ask it straight out. Do you think Israel should wipe out Hamas, wipe them off the face of the earth right now? Maybe, maybe even just just flatten Gaza. Do you think that we should do that? Israel should do that. 301-768-4841-0265-00151. six five 
888-900-0151. The numbers are on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com. So, so if you didn't write them down after I read them, I read them twice, but if you didn't write them down, go to israelnewstalkradio.com, and the numbers are on the top of the page. I mean, I'm, I'm asking you a question, a direct question. I, I, I want someone to call and answer me. Do you think that Israel should just wipe out Hamas, or maybe even just, just, just wipe out Gaza? Get rid of the problem altogether. Uh, I think it's time. I think it's time that Israel does that. So, now let's let's go back to this Julius Caesar story for a second, and uh, and examine this. So, so Caesar says if you leave Jews long enough, they'll 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 fight each other and they'll destroy each other. That's really true. When Israel's uh, at peace, when Israel's at peace, the the politicians are at war, and when Israel's at war, the politicians are still at war. It, it's amazing because uh, because because nobody ever agrees on anything. And, and there's 600 parties, and all 600 parties, nobody agrees on anything. I mean, it's, it's really a ridiculous political system in Israel. And so the, uh, the party system, the, you know, the, the threshold for creating parties in Israel is, is ridiculously low. So you have a lot of parties. And uh, a lot of parties means strange coalitions. Strange bedfellows means uh, strange things happen. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of Israeli politics at all. But I think that Israel has stopped itself from, from, from destroying its enemies because they actually need an enemy. They need an enemy for national unity. So, so if you have the PLO and, and they sacrifice uh, you know, 20, 30 people a year to terror attacks with, from the PLO, as sad and as, as horrible as that is, I, I think it's a calculated, a calculated cost that the Israeli government factors in. Uh, when when they factor in keeping keeping peace at home, keeping keeping unity in the in the country, uh, I know it's a horrible thing to say that that you're sacrificing Jews in order to 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 save Jews from fighting with other Jews. It doesn't make any sense. A smarter strategy to me would be to wipe out Hamas, to destroy Hamas, to destroy the PLO, to arrest their leaders for war crimes, send them to the Hague. Nothing will happen to them there, but at least send them away. And expel all Arabs that have ever expoused uh, the desire to destroy Israel or the desire to commit any kind of violence against Jews. Expel them. Throw them out. Now, I know last time that Israel expelled the Arabs and threw them out, they ended up in the desert between Israel and, uh, and Egypt, and they ended up in the desert between Israel and Jordan, and then Israel ended up taking them back because the media made a big deal about it. But once again, Israel should not care what the media has to say about it. Look, look it gets to a point. And Israel's at that point where, where, where they shouldn't care about world opinion. It shouldn't even factor into their decision-making. It never did when they were a younger country. It only started factoring in, like really factoring in, where Israel didn't make any major decisions uh, in, during the first Gulf War in 1991. When, when Israel was... Uh, was, was, was uh, on the receiving end of Scud missiles from Iraq. And Yitzhak Shamir got up and said, listen, if you launch another missile at Israel, we're going to wipe you off the face of the earth, which is what they should have done. And then George Bush, the president of the United States, the first George Bush, uh, got up and said to Shamir, hey, if you do that, I'm withholding $1 billion of loan guarantees. And Shamir backed down. And that was the beginning of the end of strong Israel. Once Shamir backed down in 1991, so we're talking so many years ago, once the Prime Minister of Israel backed down from a statement saying, if you launch another missile at me, I am going to destroy you. And, and they launched more missiles at Israel, and Israel did not destroy Iraq. It sent a clear message to, a, to the countries surrounding Israel, to the countries in the region, sent a very, very clear message that Israel was a weak country. And in a land where might makes right, which is the Middle East, in a culture, Arab culture, might makes right. If I hit you and you hit me back twice as hard, I know I can't hit you anymore. Might makes right. In a land of might makes right, backing off from a threat, not doing what you promised to do, makes you a weak country. And weak countries are viewed as countries that could be destroyed. And so the campaign begins to destroy the country. So when they realized that militarily they couldn't destroy the country, 
because they tried so many times through wars, and Israel always seems to survive wars, sometimes miraculously, but they always seem to survive wars. They tried economically, the boycott, divestment, sanction movement, the BDS movement. So the BDS movement is essentially the PLO as an economic movement rather than a terrorist movement. Well, they're economic terrorists, so, so it's basically the same movement. So while the PLO was, was, was a movement that tried to take Arabs living within Israel, rile them up so that they could destroy Israel internally, so people living within the Israeli borders would, would destroy Israel internally, the BDS movement is doing the exact same thing, just economically. So we're going to try to destroy Israel's economy. If the economy collapses, the country collapses. The country collapses, it's easy for the armies to come in and take over. That is the idea behind the BDS movement. So, so BDS and PLO are both terrorist movements, but they're 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 taking they're they're doing the exact same thing, but they're using a different methods, different methodology for the exact same goal, which is the destruction of Israel. the the sick the sick 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 part of this whole thing is that both the PLO and Hamas and the BDS movement have have Jewish supporters, which is mind boggling and and crazy to me. So Israel really has to take a stand. Israel really has to do something to protect their citizens. It's enough missiles have fallen on their heads. You can't, you can't put umbrellas up for, for very long. If it keeps raining, sometimes the umbrella breaks, and then people die. So people have died from these missile attacks. More people will die from missile attacks if they continue coming in. The Iron Dome is a great, is a great defense system, but it, it's, not, it's not a fail-safe defense system. It's not perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. So in order to protect the citizens, you have to stop the missile attacks. So they tried to negotiate a ceasefire. Egypt came and said, okay, we'll negotiate a ceasefire. Israel, you'll stop bombing Gaza. Gaza, you'll stop bombing Israel. We'll do it at uh, X, uh, whatever time it is, and uh, that's it. Ceasefire, right? You guys stop, and then you'll negotiate your terms after. Right, we all agree to it. Five minutes after that ceasefire, more bombs came into Israel. More, more, um, more rockets came into Israel. Now, don't think that rockets are the only thing that come into Israel to blow up Jews. If you think that's the only thing they do, you're wrong. You know, they devise these, these, these bomb balloons where they send balloons into Israel and they, the balloons blow up. They, they, have, they have people coming over the border and, and trying to kill Israelis. It, this constant attack on the state of Israel, the constant declaration of war from Gaza on the state of Israel, is, is, is there. It's there constantly. And yet, the Israeli government refuses to deal with it, refuses to take care of it. And that is the sick part of this whole thing. Maybe it's time to clean house. Maybe it's time to get rid of all the politicians in Israel and start anew. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the solution is. What do you think? Give me a call. 301-768-4841 in North America. 0265-00151 in Israel. Uh, the numbers are on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com. So if you didn't write them down when I read them, uh, just go to israelnewstalkradio.com. The numbers are right there. Give me a call. What do you think? Do you think that Israel, uh, that, that maybe the Israeli people should just be fed up? It's enough already? And, and throw all the bums out of the Knesset and just start all over again? Do you think, do you think that Israel, as a show of force, should just flatten Gaza or, or, or go in and, and guns blazing and, and kill every Hamas member that's there? Do, do you think... Do you think Israel should care about world opinion? I think they should say, forget about world opinion. I don't care what America thinks of Israel. I, I just don't care what France has to say about Israel or, or England or Germany or any country. Israel has the, the moral obligation and the legal obligation to protect itself, protect its borders. And, and if that requires them to, to have a defensive war, to take care of the problem, but but really take care of the problem, not like these defensive wars before, where they went in, and they um, and and they tried to take care of the problem, but they didn't really do anything to take care of the problem. But but this time going in and actually doing it, forget about what anyone has to say, and just go in and finish it off. Uh, I think that's what Israel should do. What do you think? Give me a call: three zero one seven six eight four eight four one zero two six five zero zero one five one. Go to israelnewstalkradio.com. Numbers on the top of the page. All right, so so if Israel chooses to do that, there will be repercussions. Naturally, there's always repercussions. When you choose to do something drastic to protect yourself, to save your country, there's always repercussions. There's always people who are going to be upset. So you're going to have a whole contingent 
uh, of Jews protesting Israel. Then you have a whole contingent of, of non-Jews, of, of countries protesting Israel. You'll have a million UN condemnations. You'll have the world media screaming at you, at Israel, saying that Israel are just like the Nazis. The comparison will be done, that Israel's like the Nazis, committing a genocide against the, uh, against the Arab population. There will be there will be um, there will be posters and, uh, and 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 displays put up by Arab groups around the world, claiming that Israel are Nazis and they're committing a genocide. This is this is the media. This is the, how the media is going to play it. This is how this is the marketing campaign. And Israel is going to have to be able to bear the storm if they you know they they should do it. And they should bear the storm because it's morally right. Now now taking taking life is never easy. And, uh, and, and, and dealing with terrorism is never easy. And it's easy for me to sit here and, and, t- and say that this is what Israel should do. But making the actual decision to go and end lives is, is a lot harder than me sitting here and talking about it. And I understand all that. But I also understand that every day that Israel doesn't take care of the Hamas problem is another day that children have to live in bomb shelters. It's another day that innocent men, women, and children have to be within 30 seconds of a bomb shelter. It's another day where, where, where an innocent person could be walking to work and could just be stabbed or be shopping and just be stabbed to death because nobody's taking care of this terrorist problem. I like to compare it to somebody who has cancer. And the doctors pinpoint where the tumor is. And they say the tumor is exactly right there. And the person says, oh, okay. So the doctor says, we have two options. We could, we could zap it with, uh, with radiation and chemo and try to kill it. And uh, you know, it may or may not work, but we could try. Or we could operate, take it out. We could do a precision operation, take it out, and then chances are you'll be cancer-free. If not, there might be a little bit of recurrence, but it'll be easier to fight. And the person chooses to go with the the chemo and the radiation option instead of the let's cut it out option. So so if you're choosing to to go to chemo option, you're you're saying, all right, I accept the fact that I have cancer. I accept the fact that the cancer is there. And I accept the fact that there is a huge risk that the cancer is going to spread. It's going to get more and more dangerous as time goes on. If you go with the cut it out option, you say, I accept the fact that we had a cancer that the cancer was there. And I also accept the fact that, that, that we could destroy the cancer. We could eradicate the cancer. And if it comes back, it'll come back in a much lighter form, and that could be easily eradicated too. So this is, these are the two options. And, and if you have these two options, for me, for me, I would cut it out. I, I wouldn't even think twice about it. So what are the risks of cutting it out? The doctor says, look, the risks of cutting it out is that maybe, maybe, it's a long shot, but maybe, it might, uh, it may, it'll probably actually risk, you know, there's, there's a danger of you dying during the operation. Okay. There's also a danger of, uh, of, of, uh, of it spreading anyway, even though we're cutting it out, there's a danger that some remnants of it might still remain. Okay. Okay, but if you cut it out, you're almost guaranteed to save my life, right? Yeah. And the organs that it's going to, it's going to spread to will be saved, right? Yeah. So so it's a hard decision, but but ultimately I think the decision I would make is to cut it out. You have to cut out the cancer. The chances of it spreading after it's cut out are much slimmer than the can- the chances of it spreading while it's still there. So by Israel leaving the cancer sitting in Gaza, leaving the cancer sitting in Ramallah, by Israel leaving these two cancers sitting there, continuously sitting there, even though it might save uh, the it might save the country from fighting with each other and the internal fighting in the country because if you have a unified uh, you have a unified enemy you're, you're a unified people even though it might do that at the end of the day cutting out the cancer might be the best thing for the patient and I really think that it's time that Israel just cut out the cancer I mean that's how long do you have to suffer before you finally go for the operation. I know, I know you're afraid, and it's it's scary. I understand that, but sometimes you have to overcome your fear and just deal with the problem. 
301-768-4841 is the number to call to get in on the conversation. I'd love to talk to you in Israel, 0265-00151. You can find those numbers on the top of the page at Israel News Talk Radio. Love to, uh, to, to hear your take on this. Do you think that Israel should just cut out the cancer? Do you think that they should uh, take out Hamas and take out the PLO? And then expel anybody in the country who 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 exposes any form of uh, any ideas of of of, of destroying Israel, of, of committing violence against Israeli people. Do you think it's time that Israel just got rid of this problem? I I really do. I really think it's time they did that. I think I think it was time they did that years ago, but today I think I think we're way past the point where Israel should be doing this. What do you think? 301-768-4841-0265-00151. I, I, um, I believe, okay, so, so a few years ago, uh, I remember Israel was, um, was targeting Hamas leaders. They were, sending, they were selling rockets, rockets to Hamas leaders. So a guy would be standing on the street corner, and then he would be blown up by a rocket. And Israel was doing these targeted assassinations. And I, I saw, at the time when that was happening, I said, wow. What a great strategy. Targeted assassinations are amazing. They, they have the technology to pinpoint the guy standing on the street corner. They can send a missile right down onto his head. Love the idea. Targeted assassinations. Makes perfect sense. These guys are, are running these organizations that are trying to destroy Israel and kill Jews. Kill them first. Kill those who come to kill you. Makes perfect sense in the world to me. And Israel was doing it until there was American pressure. So once again... Once again, showed their weakness. They stopped doing it. They showed their weakness. When um, when the head of Hezbollah was poisoned by Israel, and then Prime Minister Netanyahu at the time was forced to give the antidote to the poison to save his life by the Americans. Once again, it's always the Americans. You think America was Israel's friend? They're really not Israel's friend. Sure. They, they give off the impression, Israel's the only democracy in the Middle East. We're friends with Israel because we love democracy. Yeah, look at American policy concerning Israel. And I don't care who the president was. Look at the American policy concerning Israel, and you realize that America's not really Israel's friend. So in every case where Israel had to show weakness to its Arab neighbors, something that is dangerous in the neighborhood, something that Israel should never have done, because showing weakness means that they're going to come and attack you, it was always provoked by the Americans. Israel never showed weakness on their own. They only show weakness after being threatened by the United States of America. So whose side is America on? Are they on the democracy side? Or are they on this side? I, I think they're on either side. They're on both sides. They're on every side. America goes where the money is. America only cares about the weapons deals. So if they can sell the Arabs weapons that will fight against Israel, they will do that. If they can sell Israel weapons that will fight against the Arabs, they'll do that. America doesn't care. America just wants to make money. America, America, America is a fake friend. It's the kind of friend that, 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 that's, that's there to go and, uh, and go out to dinner with you. But, uh, but you know, when something bad happens in your life, that's not the friend that's going to show up to put, a, to put an arm around you and console you. America is not that kind of friend. America is the kind of friend that will that will tell you we love you to your face, and then the second you turn around, we'll stab you in the back. That's America. So you can't trust America. And, and if you take a look at all the examples of Israel showing weakness to the Arabs, Israel, Israel showing weakness, it's all after America threatened Israel or negotiated some kind of deal. The Oslo Accords is the perfect example of that. This was pushed by Bill Clinton. He needed a legacy. Other than uh, other than his Monica Lewinsky scandal, so he pushed this this Oslo Accord. Uh, they were the worst things that Israel ever did. They 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 actually started this whole this whole weakness. Uh, well, they continued the trend. Yitzhak Shamir started the weakness uh, the weakness problem, but uh, but Yitzhak Rabin continued the trend. And 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 it started this 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 roller coaster to where we are today. So the Oslo Accords was the beginning. We're 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 somewhere near the hopefully hopefully near the end of this, um, where 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 terrorism was just was just legitimized. So from the Oslo Accords ninety one till today, ter- ninety two terrorism was legitimized, completely legitimized. It's unbelievable. How how do you legitimize terrorism? How do you take te- how do you take terrorists and make heroes out of them? 
And how do you stand on the White House lawn and shake the hand of a man who is responsible for the murder of your people? Embrace him. Shake his hand. How do you do that? To me, that was treacherous. The Oslo Accords were treacherous. Negotiating with the uh, PLO, negotiating with Hamas, treacherous. The only way to deal with a terrorist is to crush a terrorist, is to kill a terrorist, is to destroy a terrorist. That is the only way to deal with terrorism. The only way to deal with, uh, with, with violent Arabs is quite simple. You have to hit them harder than they hit you. It's the only thing they understand. Now, you may say that's racist. You may say that's a, that's, a, that's a generalization. But if you look through history and look through the dealings of any country with the Arabs, you will see that that is exactly how, it, how, how every country dealt with them. They hit. They hit back. It's, a, it's quite a scary situation when you think about it. The Israeli government, and this is a call, an open call to the Israeli government. You have to protect your citizens. You have to do something to protect the citizens. You can't just you can't just continue like this. You can't continue. You can't continue with with bombs raining down on their heads. Civilians shouldn't have. I mean, in a normal country, you should not have a house with a with a bomb shelter built into it. It's not normal. It's absolutely not normal. It's time that the Israeli people had the peace that they deserve. It's time that the Israelis are able to walk out of their homes, take a breath of fresh air, and not have to worry if they're going to, be, if they're going to make it home alive. It's time that people don't take a breath when they get on the bus, hoping and praying that the bus doesn't blow up. It's time that children could go to a pizza parlor and not have to look around or could walk into a shopping mall and not have to go through a bomb, dete- uh, not have to go through a bomb detector. I just don't get it. I don't get why the Israeli government has abandoned their people. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you so much for listening and for the uh, and for all the feedback that you give when I when I do the show. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who calls in. I appreciate everybody who emails me and everyone who messages me. I really I really appreciate it. And I, I really appreciate uh, Tamar Yona, the, uh, the, 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 the person who runs this station, for giving me the opportunity to be here on Israel News Talk Radio. I, I, I am infinitely grateful to, uh, to Tamar for, for, this, um, for this opportunity. When she, uh, when she asked me to do this, uh, uh, I hesitated, and I really shouldn't have. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy to be here, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that... Uh, that this show airs on Israel News Talk Radio. Uh, you can email me, Howie, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Uh, uh, my email is there, and you can, you can feel free to email me. Uh, so I, I'm going to go. So until next week, uh, I want to tell you that if you live in Israel, you're coming up to elections now. It's time to pressure the politicians. It's up to the citizenship of Israel to pressure the politicians to do something to protect the citizenship. It's time to tell them that you're fed up. If you're fed up, it's time to say we're fed up. I don't see thousands, hundreds of thousands of Israelis marching in the street. Apathy must disappear. And you must, you must get up and demand action from your politicians. If you don't do that, then you're just keeping your life in danger. You're just staying, you're just telling your politicians you don't care about life. You don't care about the survival of the Israeli people. You don't care about your survival. You definitely don't care about your children. I know it sounds horrible. That's the truth. I'm Howie Silberger. I'll see you again next week, right here on Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio.
Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 